Take heart, America. At last, help is on the way. He may be unable to leap tall buildings in a single bound. He may be slower than a speeding bullet. And he may be less powerful than a locomotive. But he's working on it. Butterfingers. Give the poor guy a chance. He's just getting started. Good God, Ralph. Superpowers. But when he gets it going, there's no stopping him. Make way for... He's coming to save us this Tuesday. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Alan? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, joining you with the soul of Detroit. And I know that you've heard us say for many, many months that we encourage the use of masks And now I'm here to confirm the conspiracy theory. It's really just so that we can sell products. So as you can see, we've got our new Soul of Detroit masks. Those are triple layer, which is what they say you should get. And we also have our very outstanding gators, which give you that Unabomber look that's so popular in Ann Arbor and in homemade cabins throughout the the Northwest and uh, and Montana. The Unabomber look would be a hoodie and sunglasses. Show some respect. I'm updating it. Okay. I'm always trying to be relevant. Whatever you want. That's, if, if, he had been, if he had been that into fashion, he probably would have been so pissed off that he blew up random people when they went to go open their publisher's clearinghouse yeah. checks and realized that they really are not a winner. And Ed McMahon's just in front of their house because he passed out there the night before. Well, if, so, it, if uh, anything, we've really adopted his anti-technology stance, haven't we, as a, as a country? <laughs> Well, I'm, I was hostile to technology before we relied on it so much, but I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm learning to love it because it brings us all together. And us today is Mark Fellhauer, Sean Windsor, Joey Zuver, who's keeping behind the scenes, making it all happen, uh, Professor Matthew Jennings, and our special guest, Darren Nichols, a contributing columnist from the, at the Detroit Free Press. I'm very pleased that Darren is with the Detroit Free Press, not only because he's an outstanding writer, outstanding reporter, if you, if you don't know that, then you have been missing things like his column on the talk that uh, was very powerful. Yeah. And uh, we're going to put a link to that on our website. But I'm really glad that he's at the Free Press because he was stomping the shit out of us when I was at the Detroit Free Press, at the, yeah, when he was at the Detroit News. So, you know, if you can't beat him, it's pretty good to try and get him to join you. So, so Darren will be here to uh, contribute to our conversation on something we talked about not too long ago that is Gabe Leland and his, uh, his attempt to turn his city council seat into a cash-generating endeavor. Why are we talking that, about that again this week? Because today the Detroit Free Press published exclusive excerpts from secret FBI recordings of Gabe Leland and Bob Carmack talking about the terms of the deal. And in fact, they talked about these things in a West Side strip club where among the things they complained about was that there were no strippers. So uh, <laughs> yeah. so clearly, this was an important matter of state. Uh, by the way, it's worth noting that Leland went there wearing a pair of shorts, which I think violates the dress code, at least for the customers. What are you talking about? In mesh, a city car. Mesh shorts yeah. and no underwear. Isn't that what you're supposed to wear to a, to a, to a gentleman's if, establishment? 
I think if you're working there, oh, okay. if you're a guest, they want to have your knees covered and, and everything else. By the um, way, I thought, I thought we were doing this again because you're writing about it. I <laughs> didn't know it had any news value at all, but, you know, it's nice to learn this. By the way, over your right shoulder is a flashing uh, clock, I guess, on your microwave, and it's trying to hypnotize me. It's, it's some sort of a devil oh, type yeah. of deal over there. I'd like to know what the hell that is. Yeah, uh, so that voice you hear, uh, you're lucky if you just hear one voice because Sean hears a lot of voices, and and most of them say uh, most of them say attack. So be careful. He's uh, he's Ann Arbor's version of a tough guy, which means uh, he's not wearing Birkenstocks. And, and your Gross Point version of a tough guy wearing a little scarf, and that's nice. I mean, you know, you're not hiding it. I appreciate that. Uh, I think we call this a muffler in Gross Point. And the difference between me and everybody I grew up with is this isn't made of ermine. And the difference oh, made, between me and everybody you grew up is I know what Ermin is. It's made of hemp. Oh. Yeah, Sean's in there like, Ermin Johnson, the best basketball player in Michigan State history. No, that's not the same guy. It's completely different. And there you go, stereotyping again. Come on. Come on, Sean. Get with the program. I'm not the one who's using the word Johnson. Uh, but keep yeah, going. Come on. Yeah, uh, I don't see your hands, so I'm let's a little... Get, let's get back to highlighting another thing you wrote. So, come on, go, go forward. You must have been... Well, thrilled when you got this tape right no i i was actually confused because it's i i thought it would be like one recording instead it's a series of recordings some of them are long some of them are short uh they're all on a on a disc you got to listen to all of them they're not in order so the first thing you listen to is people getting into a car and you're like what the hell is this and then you listen to 20 minutes of somebody getting into a car and driving somewhere and then they have a meaningless conversation for an hour and then after an hour and 40 minutes, somebody says, I'll raise that money for you. And you're like, finally, I'm glad I didn't give up on this. Can I ask a question about that? And I know you got, we have sponsors to, to plug before we really get into the meat of it. Um, I'm sure you all have listened to FBI tapes or secret recordings before. Are they ever edited? Is that I mean, that's got to be on purpose, right? The FBI, they don't want to edit any of the audio before they give it to you guys, do they? No, well, one of the reasons why I think they're not as keen on wiretaps as we all are, like if, if we could listen to whoever we wanted, we'd be like, yeah, drop a line right now. Everything they record, they have to make an accounting for. So I think they have to transcribe them. And they actually have, um, I can't remember what they call it, but they, there's, a, there's a process where if, if, if you have a wiretap on me and Darren because people think that I'm trying to, to pay Darren to vote for my, my, um, my contract, or if, if Darren's trying to pay me to extort me for whatever, I don't know why Darren's a bad guy. Let me, <laughs> where's where's Sean? Sean? He should it's be Sean. jumping in already. What's yeah. the delay here? But no, I, I've said my uh, piece, okay. you know. <laughs> but, at, but at any rate, um, if we start talking about something else, like I say, how are the kids, they, they're actually supposed to turn off a wiretap like that because you're only supposed to listen to things that are relevant Oh, okay. To uh, to the subject at hand. Now that's with that's with like a, a phone tap. If you're face to face, like Bob Carmack was with Gabe Leland, I don't even know if they need a warrant for that because in Michigan it's a one party state. You yeah. can record somebody without their permission as long as you're a participant in the conversation. So when you listen to these recordings, they are consensual recordings because Bob Carmack has consented to record them. He didn't get Gabe's permission. Michigan's one of the few states where that's okay. And that's why I think we have the whole thing from soup to nuts, because you'll hear that they don't really talk a lot about irrelevant stuff. Now, if you want to hear these recordings and get the full story, 
you should go to free, the Detroit Free Press, freep.com or the Freep app. This is, we've, we talked about it last week. There's a paywall at the Free Press now where some of our best stuff, we're charging you a nominal amount to listen to it, to watch it, to read it. This is one of those stories. I certainly hope that you will go and subscribe. Uh, if you go look at the story, you'll find out how to do it. Um, the reason why is because, first of all, Sean and I don't work for free unless we're podcasting pretty much. <laughs> but, um, but this stuff's expensive to do this kind of work. A lot of people are involved. It takes a lot of time. And we think it's worthwhile and there's a value to it. And frankly, there's a dollar and cents value to it. Darren's, I hope, not working for the free press for free. I mean, uh, he and I are union brothers, so we know that any work is worth paying for. So um, so please subscribe because you'll get access to the full story, the full audio. We'll play a little bit of it for you today, but there's a lot more that you'll only get at Freep.com or from the Detroit Free Press. So please uh Please, you know, uh, I guess we're the not-so-free press these days. But I'll tell you, for what you pay, you're getting a whole lot. Um, and if you don't think so, let us know. Um, you do a lot of wiretapping, by the way, Mike. I mean, is that something that you enjoy in your spare time? You seem to know a lot about it. I'm just curious. I'm recording this right now. <laughs> okay. you know, so, it's a, yeah, it's a spy as, type guy. Yeah. yeah. As Sam Riddle says... Bitch, get out of my house. He also <laughs> says the thing speaks for itself. So it's res ipsa locador. So uh, there's a little Latin for you. Maybe, maybe one of the eggheads down the street will be able to break that down for you. But if you have uh, some more mundane needs, some more practical needs, if you, own a if you own or work at a company that needs marketing materials, listen up because I want to tell you about our Facebook sponsor, one of the newest sponsors here at the Soul of Detroit, and that is Sir Speedy Printing. They're the newest sponsor here at the podcast, and they do signs marketing in Harper Woods, Troy, and Novi. Sir Speeding says whenever you need it, whenever it comes to marketing, they have you covered. Brochures, signage, direct mail campaigns, promotional products, you name it, and Sir Speedy can do it. They have a full creative staff that can help you design whatever you need. So if you're a company that's just starting up and needs to get your marketing going, or you're a company that needs to take your marketing materials to the next level, you need to call my friends at Sir Speedy. Their number is 586-777-7500. Pretty easy. 248, uh, excuse me, 586. <laughs> it's that easy, really. So, Sean, we are recording, and I hope we are editing. Uh, it's uh, 586-777-7500, or visit their website, sirspeedydetroit.com, to get your marketing project going today. And when you call them, let them know that ML sent you. So, I think think before we go too far, we should probably give people a little taste of what, uh, what's in store at this strip club. And, um, and before we get to sort of the, the criminal aspects, one of the things that I think is so funny about these guys meeting at the strip club is that, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of goofy, mm -hmm. but one of the things that really underscores how ill-planned this meeting was is in, in bite number two, where they go to the strip club and... There's only one thing missing, strippers. Uh, we got to imagine there's women up there. Is, is this like a fairy tale right now that we're sleeping and we're really, this is a dream. We're at a adult entertainment bar, but there's no girls up on stage. Okay, let me see what I can do. It's almost like you're walking through the desert and you think you see water. Yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, for kids, that's weird, or? No. Or what? That's like, that's actually... Thank you. I'm going to let you one size too small, but no. I mean, it might be 
mighty bold. Well, when there's no uh, dancers on stage, I guess that's when you hit on the waitresses, I suppose. Oh, yeah. And, and what waitress at a topless club isn't flattered when you say, I know you had a choice between buying that at the Gap or the Baby Gap, and you went eeny, meeny, miny, mo and went to the Baby Gap and bought a size too small. It's, you know, so, so Leland says some things that are kind of goofy, but I think we should give him credit for being, you know, some pretty insightful analysis. <laughs> it turns out that women who work at strip clubs do wear tight clothes uh, and are alluring. So he, he, he seized on that right away. You don't hear Carmack mention that. I mean, so, you know, maybe... Maybe not so goofy after all. Make, make, and make, make no mistake, Bob Carmack was having a good time at the at the uh, adult entertainment. I, I could see hanging out with Bob Carmack. He's, oh yeah, well, as long as you know, you're not doing business with them, right? And and as I've said to Bob in our many conversations, I said, Bob, I, are you recording me right now? And he goes, No, I'm not. And I'm like, Okay, we'll just move on because I'm pretty sure you are. But <laughs> um, but you know, it, it it always is a good time, as you'll find out in uh, in soundbite number seven, because when Bob's there, so is the cold drinks. We had two uh, two screwdrivers, two uh, whatever you had. That's four, and we had four shots, eight drinks all together. Eight drinks all together. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's How much is it? Seventy-three point five. Well. Yeah, seventy three twenty five. So I guess they definitely are at the strip club at those prices. But um, Wait, who who paid? Do you know who paid? Uh, Bob did. Yeah. yeah okay. Now we well, do have part of the deal. I recording. suppose we we do have one recording that you can hear at, at the Free Press where they go out to lunch at a restaurant to talk about some of this deal too, and and Leland offers to pay, and Carmack says, "Nah, I'll get it. You know why break a bad habit." So, <laughs> so he's used to picking up tabs, but, um, but you know, the thing about, so it's kind of funny that they're having these drinks on a Friday night, but what's not funny is Leland's about to get into his city car and he's about to drive uh, to a, a, a community forum. So that's how he gets ready for the community forum. He sinks a couple of shots, a couple, uh, and the drink, by the way, was vodka and soda with, with lemon or lime. And then he's going to go, uh, he's going to go deal with the public. So so that's um, that's going places, right? Here's going places. Yeah. You want another drink? No, I think I get rolling. He got to go places. He's a busy person. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm going places. Yeah, he's going places. All right. Uh, possibly he, not to jail because he's now agreed to plead guilty to misconduct in office to get out from under the federal bribery charges. It, it, that is a felony, which will require him to leave city council, but it probably will not come with any jail time because it's, it's kind of a nebulous charge. And basically what he is uh, saying is that, um, yeah, I took some campaign contributions in a way that I shouldn't have. So that's misconduct, okay. but it's really, that is really that, that is not that bad. So frustrating. And it's such a, bullshit about this and i know darren's going to speak a little bit more on it because what should happen to him and why is he still on city council why is he still there this is what is frustrating it's clear yeah. as day he took 15 grand i mean you hear him say it i don't i it's i just don't understand why he is still a representative of the public well, if, if anybody's wondering whether or not this really was uh, a campaign contribution, it starts out with, uh, with Leland, as you'll hear in, in Bite 5, talking about how he wants to collect this money. I don't want to fuck nobody else. Be in Bobby. None of our shit. 
ends it there for what you just said it's almost like he doesn't want to verbally um admit that yeah i want the 15 grand that you just offered me in two payments right and and the gasper they're talking about is gasper fiore the towing kingpin of southeastern michigan who had just been indicted the month before for offering bribes to a clinton township uh, uh trustee uh to help him get municipal contracts out that way um, now, Leland's attorney, uh, Steve Fishman, a very good attorney, says that this is proof that Leland was just trying to get campaign contributions and did it all the wrong way. Well, perhaps so. But Leland, who comes from a political family, knows that you cannot accept cash campaign contributions, mm-hmm. knows that the limit is not $7,500. It's much lower, maybe $1,000 per per race, primary, and then 1000 for the general. And... Uh, I mean, you know, this is not how you raise money. And and let's put all that aside. In the end, he did end up taking the money. It was cash and it never showed up in his campaign finance report. So it's it's all very nice <laughs> to argue. He still sits on city council. <laughs> and he still sits on city council. But but before we before we get to, to that issue, um, one of the things is I'm listening to these these tapes and uh and I, and I know I know Sean thinks that I think it's all about me and I try and disabuse myself of these notions, but after hours and hours of listening to these recordings, all of a sudden I hear my name come up on the recordings Can I, and I was like, what? Did you know? This is going to be good. Did you know that you were talked about in the recordings before you started listening to them or was it a total surprise? I had no idea, but when I went back, so one thing about, when you're doing investigative reporting and when you're doing long-term projects, it's very useful is to create a timeline of when things happen, at least the things that you know happened. And when I went back and put all these recordings on a timeline and looked at stuff, I realized that not long before this meeting, when they're so worried about Gasper Fiore, Gasper Fiore had just been indicted. And around the same time, I'm calling Gabe Leland to say, hey, can I meet with you to talk about some votes you cast on city council to approve contracts for a company run by your girlfriend, who at the time was Gasper Fiore's daughter. So it makes sense that they would be talking about me. But still, when I heard my name come up, I almost fell out of my chair. And uh, maybe that's a spoiler alert before we play bite one. In the lead up to, the, to this bite that we're about to play is there was a lot of dead time. I mean, I think they were just enjoying the environment. So you can tell it was really sitting on Leland's mind. And he just comes out with it and says... ML came and talked to me. Hey, tell him to go see Kush. <laughs> stay busy over there. Don't bother you. <laughs> you got nothing going on. That's why you're coming to talk to me. Come talk. Tell me he put you on TV enough the last three or four years that, you know, tell him you give. Tell him to go see Kush again. But he was asking all kinds of shit. Oh, you know, you were dating, you were dating Chinese girls. 
Jennifer, I got pictures of you sitting over in her house and stuff. What is he, a detective? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me ask a question. Is that illegal? What? Is that legal screwing somebody? No, having a fucking sick dick in somebody? I don't think so. Classy. So, so the woman wanted me to come over for dinner. It doesn't matter. It's not illegal for you to date whoever you want to date. Exactly. What does he care? What's pictures gonna do? Exactly. What's that? How's that help him? No, the, the, the fucker's just. What, what he's trying to do is he's trying to get a new contract signed with Fox Gabe Leland is saying that the only reason you're doing this is to uh, get a new contract signed with Fox. Yeah, I think at the time I had a contract on the table that I wasn't sure I was going to sign, so I was okay. But I, I think I think we may have talked about this last time. But it's your um, job anyway. It's your job to find these stories and to report on them. So I don't know what he's talking yeah. about. But but Gabe's whole thing is all about jobs. Uh, I think we discussed it before when I ran into him at that that uh, Maker's Fair at Pony Ride in Detroit when his his first thing was like, how are things going to Fox? I heard there might be some trouble right. there. I mean, yes. Yeah, oh, Gabe, you're going to get me fired? I'm like. Listen, Gabe, nobody's better at getting me fired than me. You can tell how fearful Gabe Leland is for the fact that you're going after this story, uh, you know, about Gaspar Fiore and the contracts worth $2 million. And, you know, to me, it just sounds like you're doing your job. He was, he was sitting out front of Cleo's house, Cush's house. Cush's uh, old Yeah. I just call him that shit personalized. That's a personal matter. Cushenberry threw him off the property, from what I hear. What? Not true. Cushenberry. I was just going to ask you, did George Cushenberry ever throw you off his property? No, but I will say when I went to his house, somebody did speak to me from the mail slot. Okay. <laughs> threw him off the property. You what? Threw him off the property. He, he came by Derek Hale's house, asking about how long they've been dating. Who is uh, Derek Hale? I don't know that name. Derek Hale is the ex-husband of a employee uh, of George Cushingberry, who we thought at the time was a ghost employee. She later sued uh, Cushingberry for sexual harassment, claiming that he would only give her more hours or would not reduce her that. hours okay. in return for certain personal services. Um, that lawsuit was ultimately dismissed by uh, by the uh, uh, by the, in, a, in a federal court. But uh, in the course of that, I came upon some more recordings which was Cushingberry being involved and interviewed by city officials, HR, where Cushingberry said, I think the real reason the women are mad at me is because I didn't sexually harass them. Because obviously, oh boy. Cush is uh, what a ladies is man. sweet as hell. Oh, boy. They've been divorced for 20 years, 15 years, and you're going to go, that is just dumb. The funny part is, is he goes... He goes, I don't, I, I don't know what, I, I'm hearing you're, you're dating her, I hear you think you guys broke up, what is it? I was like, you know, that's not your best, that's a personal matter. Why wouldn't you even talk to him? Why wouldn't you let him in your door? Because the fucker just chases you down, he just is there. I know he chases you down, but he ain't got no story. He needs a story, that's how he gets paid. I know, he's got to do If you tell him nothing, he knows nothing. I didn't tell him nothing. Hey, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> what a great line, Bob. He, 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 he got me with, uh, I heard you had a conversation with the chief of police trying to fish, fish around to see if they were investigating Gaspar Fiori. I mean, that, that didn't happen. Yeah, he tried to fish you in on that one because chief of police ain't talking to him. 
So for what it's worth, uh, we did end up reporting that um, that Gabe Leland had asked the chief of police if they were investigating Gaspar Fiore. And, uh, and we did end up doing a story on whether or not he had voted for contracts uh, supporting his girlfriend. One of the things that at the beginning of that clip that Leland says, um, you know, he says uh, that he told me to go get the F out of his office. But I think, as you'll hear from this clip from Fox 2, that's not exactly how that conversation ended. We can do a speed round if you want. You know, are you dating Gaspar Fiore's daughter? <laughs> yes or no? Have you spent the night at his house? Yes or no? Have you vacationed with them? Yes or no? Wow, he wasn't so tough in that interview as he was talking to Bob at the... Uh the adult gentleman's club. Yes. And I guess I should say, whereas earlier I was saying that Mr. Leland is a very uh, incisive and analytical mind based on what you hear just there and what you hear in bite three, I should probably take that back. <laughs> bite three being wishful thinking. Here we go. There ain't no story there. I don't even think he's going to, he might not even air it. He says, there's not yeah, even well. any story there. I don't even think he's going to air it. Well, as we know, you did air it. He did get busted, but for some, unknown reason he's still sitting on city council yeah and and believe it or not there is way more great sound that you can get at freep.com so check that out before we bring in darren nichols my colleague at the free press i have to tell you about my favorite butcher shop which is the place to go for prime meats it's the butchery on orchard lake they are just west of middle belt go in this week and spend 50 dollars or more and tell them ml sent you and the butchery will give you a free pound of breakfast sausage links now those are delicious but these are one of a kind. The sausage is made in-house from scratch by Chef Dave and Matt Jennings. And when you taste these sausages, you won't say to yourself, he's really good at history. You'll say he's pretty good at sausage. He's almost so good. It's almost like he's got the familiarity with sausage of like a Sean Windsor or somebody. Mm. Uh, so go to thebutchery.com to see all their amazing selections and follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to see what Chef Dave is carving up daily. Their number is 248-682-COWS. That's 248-682-COWS. They even have small private cooking classes with Chef Dave, Chef Julie Hubbard. Check them out. It's worth the drive, I promise. And make sure to tell them that ML sent you. Darren, uh, you have patiently listened to all this. And I think for years, you and I have watched the Leland family uh, from Burton in the state legislature and on county commission to Gabe on city council. Leland is certainly not the first city councilman to uh, prepare to make his departure under questionable circumstances. We'll have a link to my story about the corrupt quartet, which is about to turn into the filthy five. But uh, but he's still there. It's been almost three years since he was indicted, and yet nothing whatsoever has diminished his power or authority over city business. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely, you guys are absolutely correct. Um, for whatever reason, they haven't taken any action. My thought on it is because of um, what has happened in past councils, they have uh, decided that uh, they wanted to be a new council. They wanted a new image of council. And as a result, they haven't taken any um, action against um, Gabe Leland. I mean, you're talking about a council that, you know, uh, made Monica Kanyers resign right after she uh, gotten her uh, issues. You're talking about Charles Pugh, hmm. who had to send in a le- letter of resignation after Kevin Orr stripped all of his money from not only him, but his staff. 
clearly with what happened with uh, Kwame Kilpatrick. And so um, with the censure pr procedures there um, before he finally resigned. And so I, I think it's really just a, a derelict of duty. Um, and they, they just have not uh, decided to take the tough stance on them. And what's, to me, what's problematic is that not only is he um, making decisions on city contracts and city money, <laughs> um, but that, you know, he also, um, I mean, again, he's making decisions on city council every week. Um, and so, I mean, and, and, and also dealing with uh, our taxpayer dollars are going to, going to his salary and uh, I think that's very problematic when you have someone who is under such a cloud of um, wrongdoing for over three years at this point um, and that he's been allowed to stay on city council. And I think that, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, the powers that be, um, we're in a time where you're, where you're talking about strong leadership um, and you have someone who is clearly... Um, make horrible decisions um, and is um, certainly one who uh, uh, should be removed from council in my estimation um, and, he, and, and, and he's still being allowed to do the things that he's doing. And I think that that's just not, I think that, is, that, that reflects upon um, the, the leadership um, on council. Even though he's still sitting on council, do you know, Darren, or have you heard from people? Does he wield any power amongst the other council members? Do they do they listen to him? I mean, I don't know exactly how it works. Does he have any power as he sits there? I, I don't. I don't think he has. He wields as uh, as much power as some of the other longstanding people on council. Um, but he's also in a district um, now where not only he is very popular, where he got. Uh, sent to the state house, but his dad, uh, he took over from his dad. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that that is an area where uh, he served as well. Um, and so as on uh, not only um, in, this, in the state legislature, but also on the Wayne County Commission. And so uh, he wields a lot of power in, in this area, um, but not necessarily with the council itself, um, because there are some more people there that are more entrenched. Yeah, and, and in terms of the power of council, um, there are some committee chair people and they have a little bit uh, of power. Uh, he's no longer a committee chairman as he okay. was when Bob Carmack went to him for help. But I've been told by council members that he wasn't stripped of that chairmanship. chairmanship. They just rotate. So even that wasn't a consequence <laughs> of any cloud. But, but the power the city council members have is their vote. There's only nine of them. And the city council just voted, uh, I believe, earlier this month or last, late last month to put a quarter billion dollar bond proposal before voters in November. And that was a five to four vote. And Leland was one of the votes in favor of doing that. And I know huh. the Duggan administration was very concerned whether they had enough votes because they tried to do that uh, last year and were defeated. So Leland does wield considerable power, even though... 
council members, while it's a legislative body, and I think Darren and I have seen this for years, they don't work with legis- other, other legislators like coming together and co-sponsoring things like you'd see in a state house. They all consider themselves mini mayors, which makes oh, it boy. tough to get any of them to defer to anybody else. Right. Darren, you spoke of his popularity um, in his district. Will he win? Can, can he run again? And will he win? I. Uh, I think uh, with with what he just uh, pled guilty to, he will no longer be allowed to be in office. Um, But theoretically, um, given the history of council, he probably would have been elected, uh, (laughs) reelected anyway. So that's interesting. He won't be allowed to run again, but yet he can still sit on city council right now. Who who has the power to remove him? Just uh, just the council itself? Uh, yes, under the city charter, um, there are uh, several rules, um, and they also uh, get into uh, him being uh, uh, guilty um, in the city charter. And so, I also, so as a result, I think that that is another thing that they are not um, taking into consideration is that the city charter does have provisions of getting rid of um, someone who is. Uh, found guilty of a charge, and um, he he did plead guilty, which is a, an admission of guilt. And so, as a result, uh, they have everything they have everything in front of them to make the tough decision. Um, and because we're in the era of post bankruptcy, and what Detroit uh, wants to be in terms of changing its image, um, I, I think that. The conversation that's been around um, on the 13th floor as well as the 11th floor of, of Detroit City Hall is uh, we're going to show that we are we are together in what we do, um, and and to me that really um, gets at um, there's a there, there's a legislative branch and there's an executive branch, and and uh, and as a part of the exec, of the legislative branch. They are supposed to hold the mayor and other people accountable. And I think at the end of the day, this is about holding someone accountable who is taking bribes. And what message are you sending to the citizens of Detroit when you allow him to continue to sit on city council and make uh, these decisions like the bond uh, initiative that came up before them a few weeks ago? Um, oh, I'll, and- t- I'll tell you what the I, you know what I think the message that is being sent is that oh other people probably take bribes too and that's okay as long as we don't get caught and you know what even if we do get caught it's okay. I mean, yeah, there there are some people who say that, but you know, again, you're talking about um, you know a few years ago uh, Kwame Kenyatta who yeah. was on city council who was very adamant about making sure that Kwame Kilpatrick um, was removed from office. And, and that they were going to do it and that they were getting ready to go through censure procedures um, in order to get rid of Kwame, Kil- Kwame Kilpatrick. And huh. so I, I think um, that at the end of the day is what they should do. They should use everything that they have in their powers in order to make sure that a, a part of the city's image should be about being open and honest and having transparency and making sure but the people that are serving the residents of Detroit um, are, you know, are people of good character. I, at the end of the day, I think that is what is um, key. 
And uh, I just want to set the record straight on one small matter. Please. Leland has indicated through his attorney that he intends to plead guilty. He hasn't yet pled guilty. So we're waiting for that court date. But, but you know, Darren, Darren talking about the message sent to, uh, to the public, there's also a message being sent to city employees. We hear from particularly police officers who say, well, when I'm under a cloud, and I'm facing discipline or charges, I'm suspended, sometimes suspended with pay. But if anybody makes an accusation against me, I'm coming off the street. We're now going on three years where this guy has the full powers of his office. You see in other places where something like this happens, like Steve King in Congress, they removed, I think, his, his budget for a staff. They took his committee assignments. I mean, there are ways to, to, put somebody in a position where they can do no harm Mm -hmm. without depriving their constituents of representation because the issue is, do you want to leave people in the seventh district with nobody to represent them? Certainly you don't. It's a, it's a, it's a challenged district that really needs someone to speak for their interests. And Leland has been holding community forums and does seem to be talking to people. So maybe he can still convey their message to the, the, the broader council. But the notion of there's a guy who knows he's on short time, who, who may be taking money for his votes, who now is in a position where he can take more money for his votes. And why the hell not? Because what's he got to look forward to except unemployment? Now, I'm not saying he's doing that, but I'm saying these are the questions that are raised when you leave somebody in that position with their full authority. Now, what should happen is up to other people. But Darren raises some points that we hear from a lot of people. And the charter was strengthened to bring more accountability. This is one of the first councils under that charter. And they've chosen to leave all of those tools sitting in the toolbox, rusting. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, actually, except they're different because they're less robust. I mean, as as Darren said, Kwame Kenyatta not only wanted to have Kwame Kilpatrick removed because he was was a mayor that seemed to be corrupt, he wanted him removed because he was given the name Kwame a bad (laughs) reputation. And, And that's serious. He said, this name... This is a hero's name. If you know anything about Kwame, yeah. look up look up your your history. You know, this is the name of a great individual. And here's a guy named Kwame who says, the other Kwame is not living up to our name. Let's get this joker out of here pronto. Let's get him out stat. And, uh, and that charter was amended so that council would have the authority to remove bad actors. Instead, yeah, they I seem to flourish. Again, the waste of taxpayer dollars um, that city residents are paying for someone who is uh, as sort of alluded to or and and uh, in media reports have indicated that he is he is corrupt. And so as a result, you know, every day that he sits at the council table is more city tax dollars that that he is spending. And I think that's that's very crucial. And I should point out that voting for contracts that involve uh, your girlfriend is not a violation of the charter, but it's certainly something that the Ethics Commission could look at because if you watch that whole story, and we'll put a link to that on our website, you'll see experts on ethics and constitutions who say, if it ain't illegal, it sure looks like shit. I think that's how he put it because he's a professor. <laughs> uh, before we go, Darren's going to stick around for uh, for the rest of the show. If he can, Darren, we'd love to have you stay with us. Before we go, because Sean's right, it is all about me. We're going to play bite four and then move on to our great debate. Yeah, this is the the last one where you come up again in the story. I've been like super paranoid since fucking ML started calling me. Forget ML. is looking for a story. What did you tell him to go get a story on the mayor? No, there's a hundred stories there. 
No, he don't want to do a story on the mayor. He wants to do it on you guys. Whoa, Bob Carmack throwing some bombs at you there. Yeah, I wish he'd stopped calling me. I thought we were boys. But uh, by the way, we have done stories on the mayor, and we, we have done a lot of stories on council because there's a lot of stories to do. Before we get to our great debate, I have to tell you about someone who can help you avoid trouble and maybe help you succeed financially without demanding a payment from a contractor. And that's our sponsor, Luke Nowacki. Some people like to save up for something really nice, like a new earring that looks super groovy, or maybe even a time machine that could take you back to the 90s when dudes with earrings that weren't pro athletes were a thing. If you're wondering how you can budget for a major purchase, call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748 or email him at lnowacki at pinnaclewealthstrategies.com. We'll have a link on our website to connect with Luke. He can assist you to devise a plan targeted to help you reach your financial goals. And when you're dealing with Luke, he'll make sure that it's all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in. And I'll never change. So last week we talked about what should happen with college football. And before the audio of the show posted, the college football season was canceled <laughs> in the know. Big Ten and the Pac-12 happened. So once again, if you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, listen to Soul of Detroit today here on Facebook Live. And remember, if you're listening and watching on Facebook Live, you're not getting the whole show. You have to do the audio download to get Room 7609, to get some of our great banter at the end, and to hear what you have to say about the show in our feedback. But that topic left something on the table that, that, that we didn't get to, and it is still bothering me as we move forward. And that is, what is the role of the NCAA, the governing body of college athletics, in determining the fate of college athletics? And it bothers me in the same way that it bothers me that we don't have a national strategy for addressing COVID-19 in a cohesive, comprehensive way with everybody on the same page, pushing together in the same direction as we would at a time of war, because this is war. We're fighting for our health. We're fighting for our lives. Where is the national strategy for a safe return to college sports from the NCAA? And I think the NCAA has been derelict in its duty by letting the conferences decide. This gives an unfair advantage to some conferences who may put the health of athletes below the health of their financial status of their athletic department. It's totally and utterly unacceptable. Darren's dad was a college coach. He knows about these issues. And uh, and Mark knows about these th- issues. And I just haven't heard from Sean in a while. So I just thought <laughs> I'd invite him to participate. It's, it sounds like you're kind of a uh, NCAA federalist. You want a, ma- a big, strong governing body for every school in every conference? Is that what you're alluding to? I'm just to? saying, if you're going to govern and you're going to be the rule maker, govern and be the rule maker. Don't sit on your hands when the tough calls come. The NCAA does one thing, and it's to ensure that student-athletes don't get paid. That's really all they do. What else do they do? Um, they testify before Congress. It, um, my point being that the power is with the conferences. They're making their own TV deals. They're the ones that well, are going to make the decision. The power is with the schools. Yeah, the power is with the schools. It's, the NCAA, Mike, doesn't have any power the schools would have to give the NCAA the power for them to have the power, right? 
But there's the power of the pulpit, right? It doesn't, it, it's sort of like the UN. The UN doesn't have any troops, but when it gets all the countries to give it troops, all of a sudden we have peace in Yugoslavia. Well, the NCAA could, could theoretically, the president could theoretically say, hey, I don't think football's a good idea. But he speaks on behalf of the schools. I mean, it's, it's like the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. He, he has some power, right? But really the power he has is what the NFL owners give him. Yeah, it's but, the but same I, kind of it's the same situation. I thought I just read something today in the free press. It said the NCAA is getting ready to make a ruling or issue advisories on the status of all sports coming up. Clearly, they have the ability to at least promulgate some best practices or sure. put some advice out there. Sure. And they, they, and they have. Advice. They could. They could do that for sure. And they have. Doesn't it's just it? not their rule. It's not their role. I mean, it's the, it's up to the schools. If Michigan and Ohio State want to play each other, it's up to those two presidents and sets of regents or trustees or whatever. It's amazing to me how many people don't realize that the NCAA does not run the college football playoffs because uh, Emmert came out and said, hey, no fall uh, playoffs, no fall championships. Uh, you know what, though? We don't run the football one. So I guess you conferences do what you want to do there. And well, they run football division two and three. Right? Two and three, but not, not the big one, not the moneymaker. Exactly. Darren, it's this messed, is crazy. It's messed up, Mike. Bring, bring us some wisdom yeah, here. Pile on ML, Darren. There is no wisdom there. I mean, like everybody's saying, they don't have any power. So if you don't have any power, there's nothing that you can do in order to, you know, um, legislate anything. It, like, common sense isn't common until it comes to money. Yeah. You know? These conferences are led by money. They're led by their TV contracts. And so... You know, the NCAA can only advise them on what they believe is responsible and what they should do. But, you know, like uh, Sean said, they they have cut out everything in Division two and Division three. But outside of that, they they can't really uh, do anything with Division one when it comes to when it comes to football. And the point is the the division. Division two, division three, give them the power. It's the same. You were mentioning the rules or you're talking about getting paid, Mark. Mm-hmm. The NCAA sets the rules. If a school is found violating those rules, the NCAA has the power to suspend that program, put that program on probation, or even give it the death penalty, which is rare. But but that's only because all the schools get together and agree that the NCAA should ha- has the power to enforce those rules. Yeah, so and, but keep- and, but they don't have the power to enforce whether they have seasons or not. It's just completely different. Yeah, because it's all about the money and ensuring that players never get. Paid. How much does I, Mark I, Emmert make, I, I, the head of the NCAA? How much does he make? Anybody know? He make does he make a couple I think million he's dollars? Make a million or half a million yeah. or something? Yeah. What does right. he do? He doesn't do anything. And, and you know how much he makes by the hour of work? A million dollars. <laughs> it's amazing to me. And, and regarding the money, you know, there's a couple things going on here. It it does seem a little silly that you can have um, students on campus, living on campus, and going to class but not have football. Shouldn't it be everybody is online off campus or everybody's on there and it's business as usual? His base salary was 2.3 last year. Well, there you go. He oh, made shit. almost so he's four. Making... Yeah, he made almost four in 2019. And he's probably getting a nice pension from the University of Indiana, right? Wasn't he the True. president yeah, he was. chancellor there? Yeah, so, he was. So, yeah. Um, but, to get, but to get to Mark's question, um, North Carolina yesterday um, had a lot of cases of COVID and decided yep. to uh, make make themselves all virtual after a, a bunch of outbreaks and 
uh, and that was within one week. But I think uh, I, I, I just North think North. that is, I just think that's ludicrous because you know what? They're all still living on campus. They're just not going to class. Did the outbreak happen from being in the classroom? Did the outbreaks happen from parties and hanging out and house parties? That's which, what it is. Yeah. Which they can't govern, and the only way they can govern that is by saying, you know what? No more on-campus living. Everything's online. We're going to keep it online, and therefore that's why we're not playing sports. But the university they don't want to give up that. Money they don't want to give up the money, which is a lot more money than the athletic departments make. Oh yeah, and they don't want so, to deal with lawsuits. So the, the other thing that happened at North Carolina is they sent everybody who tested positive to Duke. Oh boy, that's, that's to try to mess those guys up down the road. Boy, Tobacco that's road. That's, that's how they do it. That's pretty but, lame. Uh, what did yeah. you say, Mark? <laughs> we'll I said that was a pretty lame joke. Um, but no, um, for, I thought that was Matt for a minute. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, we're we're gonna do this like Major League Baseball. We're gonna pipe in some applause after that no, one. By the time you I'm get the download, crickets. the audio download, it's gonna sound spectacular. But but to, to your point, Mark, what bothers me about all this, and I, I know that I'm I'm on an island here, is. I think the student comes before athletes. I think you can have students on campus without sports. Now, is it safe to have anybody on campus? That's a whole other debate. But to me, if you're a, so my nephew is a student athlete. He wants to be a doctor. So he's really bummed out that he's not going to be playing football this year. But to me, this should be the year that he gets his highest grades and make sure that his coursework is on track. This is an opportunity for those athletes what? to get another year of paid school under their belt. If you're getting ready to finish your bachelor's degree, it's time to sign up for a master's degree. Take advantage of this time to advance. I don't as like that. I don't, I don't like that because now you're, impli- now you're implying that they don't take advantage of uh, their scholarship when they are playing, which is ludicrous. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you guys say there's no value to that scholarship. I'm saying oh, it's a value. time to use Nobody the scholarship. Ever said there's no value to that. And focus on scholarship. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying this: there should be less distractions this year above any other year when you're not fully committed to a sport that's going to require 40 to 68 hours of your time. Nobody said there's no value to a scholarship. Sorry, one second, Darren. What we're saying, what Mark and I have said, is that the some a lot of these players are worth a whole lot more than the scholarship value. That's that's what we're saying. There's a distinction. Yeah, and a, and and 109 guys on the football team are worth a whole lot less. That doesn't take away from the fact that 15 of them are uh, worth a whole lot more. And should get, 15 should of them? Do you cover Alabama? <laughs> I mean, ain't no 15 guys getting drafted from any of the programs in Michigan. Well, every, well the Alabama, it's, that's a low number for Alabama. Every athlete has a value, and they should be paid that value. And it's exactly. they're, they're, they're getting twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars worth of goods and services every year that they are varsity athlete uh, on scholarship, and uh, and that's more than I made for think- the first ten years of my career. Darren, you were going to jump wait, wait, in wait, before wait, Sean so rudely uh, cut you off. The reality is that they're not taking advantage of it. Most of these most of these guys are coming from backgrounds where academics was not their first priority. Being yeah. a football or a basketball player has been their first priority. And so talking about taking advantage of, of uh, their scholarship, to me, it gives them more time to, to mess around, right? We hope that they would take advantage of, of the academic portion of what's going on. But, I mean, I mean when these guys have free, free time, there's a lot of bad things that can happen, and, and it has happened. And so we're not going to – it's very hard to turn a guy into – uh, someone who is, you know, um, going to be somebody who's going to be a scholar um, when they have, they have not 
placed a value on going in school, nor the people around them. None of the people in their neighborhood, not coming from their household. It didn't happen when they were in high school. And so now all of a sudden, because they're 21, 22 years old, to think that they're going to be um, a scholar or, you know, I, I think that's just kind of unrealistic about what, what the reality is right now. So I'm the dreamer. I want the NCAA to lay down some rules. I want the student athletes to be students first, not athletes. So I, well, I think your point was perfect, ML. I really do. And I, I, Matt, I like the cut of your jib. You're still going to lose. in the great debate? No, it's not. You're all right here. Three what? To two. Oh, that's where we're supposed to cut it off. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, that was on. the out cue. That's where we end this every week. You Come claiming, on, I you, keep trying to get you guys on that page. You claiming a victory is the OutQ? If it ever happened, about, I thought that was as close as I was going to get, so I was going to run. Just accept it's your loss. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? So I'm not just saying this because masks don't just have to be for protection. They can be really cool. And if you really want to be safe, I recommend a mask, a gator, and a condom. So just don't take any chances, okay? <laughs> just be safe. But there's a sheriff down in Marion County, Florida, a fellow by the name of Billy Woods, who not only says that his deputies can't wear masks at work, he also says that if you come to the sheriff's office, you cannot wear a mask. Now, you know, most of the time I'd say that this is crazy. We got some sheriffs who won't enforce mask orders. Now we have one who won't let you wear a mask. But you know why uh, I'm, I almost didn't make him geek of the week why? is because when it comes to handling COVID-19, nobody's done a better job than Florida. They figured this all out. They didn't cause a second wave. They didn't force us all to get back to where we were back in March. They're not the ones, and that kind of thinking isn't responsible for us keeping our kids home when they should be going back to school in the fall because it's very important for kids to have peers and socialization and professional teachers and parents to have some peace so they can do their jobs and not have to be a distracted teacher. No, no, no. Florida got it all right. So against my better judgment, Sheriff Billy Woods of Marion County, Florida, you are our Geek of the Week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. I'm going to pretend like you need to just make my dick go soft. So now it's time for payback for the, the kind words Matt Jennings had to say. The incisive commentary, <laughs> the really cutting through the fog to get to who was right in the great debate. I got to hand it to uh, to an uh, he he spends a lot of time in the ivory towers because he is a pillar of academia. That is our history professor, Mister Matthew Jennings. Jennings, that's right. I'm very and happy to be here. Speaking yeah. of history, Damn I was it, playing, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. Damn it! I, I was I was playing I was playing softball in Belle Isle on Sunday, and you know what I heard? What? Mr. Dabalina by Del the Funky Homo Mr. Sapien, Bob which Dabalina. is a slice of musical history. So I just had that to bring that up because uh, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Bob. I, Dabalina. I do love the fact that you introduced Matt and then immediately took control back of the show to tell an <laughs> anecdote. You know, uh, 
they got the name Bob Davalina from the monkeys because Peter Tork says it at the beginning of a song. Uh, Della Funky Homo Sapien, who's a cousin of Ice Cube, yep. was a big fan of the monkeys. But anyways, Matt, take it away. I'm sorry, Mark. You shouldn't have interrupted us there. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> uh, don't we? I completely Mr. Gaps. Matt Jennings, Mr. Matt, Matt Jennings, Mr. Matt Jennings. So no, no ad? No ad read? No, go. Oh, Okay. Well, then let's find out what happened this week in Soft If you're looking for a good deal on a mortgage, David Hall and Hall Financial <laughs> care about the community. They're working around the clock to help you save money by refinancing. It's a great time to look at your options, and that's why many people are refinancing right now. Even before they learn about history, they are doing it right now. They're putting this on pause. They're saying, Matt, I love what you're doing. I can get to it in a minute. I, I can't wait another second, but, but I'm going to refinance. So if you haven't refinanced in the past year, Hall Financial is here to help. Now's the time to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket as we go through turbulent times. And by refinancing, you can probably skip up to two payments. So why not see if you can save some money or cut your term? Contact my man, Dan Morrison, at Hall Financial. Hall Financial services the fastest in the business. They have a ton of five-star reviews for Michigan homeowners, including yours truly. So go to our webpage to get to their webpage or give them a call at 248-308-5000. That's 248 248- Three zero eight five thousand Hall Financial lower payments, better options, more personal attention. NMLS one four six seven four three five. Matt, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> this week. Hey, hey one Darren, more thing. You're a big history buff, aren't you? <laughs> Fucker. Yes, sir. Okay. Cool. Well, then you'll really enjoy Matt Jennings' segment on soft history. <laughs> Too bad that's all the time we have, Matt. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry, Matt. Go on. You know, somebody told me that time to make the sausage. Somebody told me that when I was that I when I'm on here to be more myself, and you can see how bad of an idea that is. Uh, Well, yeah, because you keep getting you haven't said anything yet. (laughs) Okay, this week in 1902, volcanic eruptions started at Tierra del Fuego and extended 25,000 miles, affecting Oregon, Washington, and Alaska. It was aptly named the Volcanic Chain of Fire which is also what employees call the line to the bathroom at a Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> That's pretty brought to you by Manscaped 3.0. The lawnmower. No reactions. Nothing from Sean, nothing from Darren. <laughs> no, he's, I, I'm giving him a migraine right now. D- Darren's above Both this. He's, he's way up here. He we're, like your low we're, we're way down there. Manscaped, okay. uh, 20% off uh, free shipping with promo code ML. Just... Oh. Get yourself tight down there. Okay, sorry. Yes, well, okay. once we have a good connection, we, we got to take advantage of it. Okay. The Woodstock Music Festival began and ended this week in 1969, leaving behind a mess worse than Courtney Love's couch. <laughs> did, 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 did that say crotch in your script? Did you? Oh, God. <laughs> What, what, did you? Was that a misread? I, I think it was. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. Oh, it was a couch. Okay. okay. Well, could you imagine what how dirty their couch was back in the nineties? Okay, can I just go on? Please? <laughs> yes, please. In 1977, Elvis Presley died. Lindsay Broadwell will sell your house. <laughs> She'll sell that Great. shit. Poor Matt. You call her. You call and you sell sell, sell that shit, Lindsay. Call her now. <laughs> in nineties. <laughs> <laughs> in 1977, now. Jesus! In 1977, Elvis Presley died at the age of 42. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I cannot believe how yeah. young that is. He looked way older. <clears throat> anyway, 
The official cause of death was cardiac arrhythmia with no trace of a courtesy flush. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know, uh, one of the greatest lines in, uh, in 90s music was from, um, oh, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw it up now. Well, that's um, good. A massive blackout that forayed oh, the Eastern who did, US. Who did, uh, who did Bone in the Boneyard? Uh, somebody help me out here. What? You- when Elvis died, uh, he was all alone. I heard that when they found him, he was sitting on his throne. You're on, uh, you're on your own now. Fishbone. Fishbone. Sorry. There's a great line. All but- I know is Darren is thrilled to be here. <laughs> he did. La- hey, you finally got him to laugh. I'll give you that much. Oh, and there we go. Sean's camera is not frozen. He's just not entertained. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a massive blackout that forayed the eastern U.S. and parts oh, wow. of Canada. Yeah, leaving Forgot over 50 that. million people without power for nearly a week during the hottest days of summer happened this week in 2003. And some of the things that were affected. Now, this is kind of interesting because I didn't even think about this, but some of the things affected were traffic lights occupied underground railways and sky lifts mm-hmm. and the charging station that provided that provided Mark Zuckerberg to charge his soulless Android body. Damn. And any yeah. shot at Zuckerberg, I'm all for. Uh, so there's a couple running themes on this show. One is it's all about me would fair enough. Although I don't know if that's exactly true. And that there's always a Kwame Kilpatrick mention <laughs> during that blackout Kwame Kilpatrick and, and Darren, yeah. you may remember this. He was in the Bahamas or somewhere. He was away on the islands and had to be scrambled to return to Detroit, I think on Tony Suave's private jet. And initially he was like, no, nah, you guys got this. That's no big deal. I'm on vacation. Really? And his buddy, Derek Miller said, no, you got to get gotta back. You got to get here now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. get here now. Uh, at the time I was at a, uh, a hotel in Chicago because it is all about me with my family enjoying a cold beer and talking to friends back at the free press, we said, we have no power. We're running all our laptops off of cars. We have candles in the newsroom. We're printing an eight-page edition. And Darren, I don't know what you were doing at the news, if you guys were doing the same thing, but it was, it was, like, uh, it was like post-apocalyptic conditions for journalists yeah, in Detroit. We had, we had to print our paper in a hotel in, in uh, Monroe or something like that. Um, all I remember is that my wife ran out of gas oh, that no. day. So I had to come. I had to come from downtown in City Hall to bring her home, and we're running the laptop off of the uh, the uh, charger in your car. Off the lighter, uh, <laughs> the lighter in the car, and it, it was crazy. Wait a sec! And, I, I, and I run out of gas is no joke because the pumps are all lot. run by electricity, so you can't right. put gas in the car. Yeah, a few, yeah. Of, a few oh. of them had generators, <laughs> and I remember the long lines waiting for gas. I'm I'm surprised, though, that so the free press or the news didn't have a generator for their building to keep operating. Shit, yeah, we, I think I think we do now. now <laughs> I think, well, I think it was so widespread. Yeah. I think it was so, I think it was so widespread that um, that that it affected everything that people weren't ready for. And I, I guess I consider myself lucky. I lived in Holly at the time, and our power was out for three hours. That was it. What? And I have no idea. Yep, I have no idea why, but um, Holly, at least in the village, everything's underground. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. They could work something out. I don't know. But three hours in Holly. Well, I, I thankfully had the radio station to drive to, which still had air conditioning and TV. So I just set up base there. But the thing I remember the next day, um, getting up early, you know, and early for then would have been three thirty in the morning, and purposely driving 
around up through Royal Oak, up through Birmingham, just to see how eerie it was because everything was out. Everything was off. It was kind of kind of weird, kind of interesting curiosity. Yeah. Oh, that that's um, Matt. What you're talking about, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna postpone seven six or nine for just a minute so we can get some feedback because Sean has, has got an assignment to get to, but. Matt, what you were talking about also happens to be the name of Sean's favorite adult film, Three Hours in Holly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know how much Sean loves his jokes. He's got it on VHS. So be- before Sean has to dash, we want to get some of your feedback. Of course, we love it when you write to us. You can write to us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. You can rate our show on uh, iTunes or any of the hosting services, and we capture those ratings, and we, we like to share them with you usually this week. Oh, great. This week a little tougher. Go for it. Tougher. What do we got? Um, Haddix13 has rated our show previously five stars, but he has amended our what? show uh, after last week's discussion on um, – Is it up to six now? Six stars? On uh, – no, no way. He's, he's holding firm at five. But our discussion on uh, whether what, what kind of athletes may attend gentlemen's clubs wearing, uh, wearing jewelry says uh, Haddix13 inspired him. Uh, had to edit my review. Sean is such a P, and there's an asterisk here and an SSY. I'm, I think that means there's a vowel missing. Listening to the 81220 show, and he cries racism to ML for making an oh, Atlanta strip on. club joke. Zero reference to skin color. If you're always looking for racial undertones, who's the actual racist? Dear God. So he ends with a, a little blasphemy. Um, Yak Blexit weighs in with a one-star review, mm. which he titles or she titles. I don't know who because this, this you know, use your real name, tough guy, uh, says uh, almost comical. And maybe I'm just saying that because, as you can see, I'm a tough guy. Uh, ML is for, such a for, beta for, male. For those listening, uh, ML's wearing a shirt oh. that he showed us, and it, it says, says "Thug Life." That's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to up my game. Like, like the Tupac. Says, yeah. ML is. Oh, I was thinking more like Eminem. But anyways, because uh, I'm racist. ML is such a beta male that it's almost hard to tell if he's putting on an act. If you want information and entertainment, download the No BS News Hour. Charlie Ledoff is head and shoulders better than this guy. Ooh. Well, so, Charlie Ledoff is cool. Charlie Ledoff is he's much better than me, but um, but I could still kick Yak Blexit's ass. Um, Don writes to mlsoldetroit at gmail.com. Part of the show's charm is the back and forth between ML and Sean. Mm-hmm. Kind of a strong beginning. However, Sean's role as the self-appointed arbiter of social justice is getting unbearable. The last draw occurred in the August 12th episode when he responded to ML's joke about NFL players blowing their money on Julian Clubs in Atlanta. Only black players spend a lot of money in the NFL? Question mark. And there's a lot of question marks. How was ML's comment a rebuke of black athletes? No one took it that way except for Sean. Of course, it led to Sean's thug argument, which started him down his road of self-righteousness a while back. I bailed on the show at that point. No, Don, come back. There's too much controversy in the world as it is. Don't need fake outrage created out of nothing. I used to enjoy reading Sean's articles. Now I don't even what? bother. Oh, it's well, too bad. Don, Don uh, I would just say um, I agree with the first part. I think Sean and I uh, have spirited debates about these matters, and we need to discuss these topics in open form and keep reading Sean's stuff because I think the little fellow is really starting to get it. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> he's, he's hitting his stride. Sean, um, <laughs> do you care to comment? From those, I and I w- definitely want to hear Darren's opinion on it too. 
Yeah, no, I'd like to hear Darren's opinion. You don't want to comment on the on the uh, review? Or no, the that, I mean that's the. I don't. I'm not inciting any outrage, or it's certainly not fake. I, well, I think that the trope that uh, black guys in the NFL can't handle their money is is um, a stereotype, and I know that Mike wasn't trying to get at that. But when you hear that, I think a lot of folks hate that for him. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I talked to Vince Ellis so after the podcast, not right after the podcast, but later in the week. He's a former free press writer covering yep. the Pistons. Good guy, yeah. He said, and, and to him, it's code. And, right? So if it's code, it's code. Does context matter? And oh, Darren, Well, actually, go ahead, Darren. I, I, I think you're getting to the right point. Context does matter. Um, but, I mean, when you paint a broad brush, um, I, I think that's, that ends up being the problem. Um, I think when it's when it's all said and done, yes, you do have some athletes who spend all their money because primarily because of their backgrounds. They're not they're not dealt with financial literacy, and so so yes, you can say that. Um, but there are others who are in the NFL who are black who um, have learned how to um, be wise with their money, um, and there are also White athletes, because they have a lot of money, who spend a lot of money too. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if I had ten million dollars, I probably would try to spend five or six million dollars just because I had it, right? Because <laughs> when you're when you're young, to me the issue is when you're young, you always think you're going to get more money, and yeah. so you don't think about hurting your knee. You're not thinking about um, your career being ended next year. So I'm going to spend this ten million dollars because I know down the road especially in the NBA, my second contract is going to get me, if you're like Draymond Green, it's going to be $80 million, right? $85 million. And so why not I spend the, 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 the $10 million now? Yeah, and there's also athletes, say Steve Smith, who spends that money to build uh, the Clara Bell Smith Center, which is for tutoring at uh, Michigan State. But, uh, you know, maybe by using the term NFL, now I guess I'm slipping into my beta male role. Um, I, <laughs> I, I created some misperceptions, but Lenny Dykstra, it doesn't yep. get much wider than Lenny Dykstra. Not only bad with his money, bad with all the money that people gave him to invest. So anyways, we, we well, appreciate. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say that the idea was just say, hey, just if you blow your money, right? If you If you can't handle your money, leave it at that. And. The thing of it is, and again, I know you don't mean it this way, but when we, but Atlanta to a lot of black folks is code for them. It just is. Well, and if and if yeah. it, and if and they don't like it, then why why can't we just avoid that? I'm not talking about you, Mike, so much as I'm to our listeners. Right? Yeah, sure, fair yeah, enough. That's what but I figured you were doing, but I, and, I will and say- the reason I picked Atlanta because that was the infamous club like 20 years ago that was the one everybody stopped. At. I guess there was a place in New York too. Maybe I could have mentioned New York, Scores but then. Or- but Magic City is is pretty well known, and Lou Williams was just there, uh, leaving the NBA bubble. That and, and when you said it, that that was the first thing I thought of was actually Lou Williams, maybe because it was just in the news. I don't know. You know, is he it, the chicken wings guy? Right. Right. They yeah, named the chicken that's wings a, after him when he got outside the bubble. He went for wings, yeah. and that's how he said he got infected. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there are plenty of folks, and, and I know the readers are, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, the listeners, excuse me, are, are well-intentioned, and, and that's fine. But there are plenty of tropes, plenty of stereotypes, rather, that um, that are sort of insidious in a way that, that us as white folks don't think about. Oh, we don't know how to handle our money. 
we're not that bright, that sort of thing. And maybe it doesn't mean much to you, but it does to, to folks that it's directed against. And that's, and that's the thing. And it adds up. Think about that day after day after day after day after day. There are these parts of our culture that are constantly saying, you're not quite smart enough. You don't know how to do this. You don't know how to do that. And it, it, it has to do, it's, uh, it's crushing in a way, or it can be. Right, and then you got to navigate that, and and that's what this is really about. It's not fake outrage or anything like that. It's just trying to listen and understand that the way we used to joke and think uh, with language, in some ways, we should change a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, it's fair. not that big a deal to change. Um, fair enough. But but what you're hearing, I think, from some of the listeners here, who I think are well intentioned, is that I almost feel are, like I can't are. see anything any any anymore because. I don't know where the lines are, and as soon as I say something, somebody's going to jump on me, and they're going to they're going to they're going to make assumptions about me that aren't fair. Which and that's true, and we all have to do that. It's the same for me. I say things sometimes, right, and I regret and say, "Okay, I didn't realize." Don't, that's don't, okay. It's just quite a we bit, get older. We yeah, right. Don't it's forget. okay to do that. I understand. We're we're trying to to level some stuff here, and we're going to have uh, missteps, and we got to correct some things. But it's well, okay. And, and to that point. And Darren, since you're here, not I don't want to make you the spokesperson for everybody that's black, um, but but you know, broad brush. All, all black people think the same, right? I mean, just like all white people think the it, same. It, well, and to that point, you know, we all know there's tropes for a lot of people. Do you do you feel um, that there's a trope that white people are racist when they make comments like that? Because I think what you hear back and the feedback from listeners are. You know, that term racist gets thrown away or thrown around so much. And frankly, if everything's racist, is anything racist almost? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think at, at the end of the day, it's about everybody's going to make mistakes, right? Um, but what you have to do is you have to learn from those mistakes. So I'm not really quick to uh, say someone is racist um, because they just may not know what they're saying. Um but I'm more, um, uh, I am more nicer than a lot of other people. <laughs> okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I can, uh, take some things that are, um, um, different because I understand that my vantage point is much different than other people's vantage point. And so I, I take it as an opportunity to, try to inform them about what that may mean. Now, if you say Atlanta, like Atlanta is a very, very large area, large black area. Um, so yes, you may have made a mistake at that time, but does that mean you're a racist? I can't, I can't say that, that you're a racist because, you know, I don't know what really led up to that. Um, and so particularly in, in, in the spaces that we're in, um, we, we just have to be more sensitive and, and understanding what we're saying so that it doesn't come across um, to the, the public um, the way that it, it may have come out of your mouth. I think everyone needs to realize that um, different ethnicities, different genders, um, just because you might make that mistake and say something, it doesn't mean that's what's in your heart. Of course not, no. Of course not. And but I, but and a lot of times say, it gets thrown away. Racist. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll just say something this way. If you're going to go to a strip club in Madison, Wisconsin, I wish you the best. <laughs> 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 what does that even mean? 
Well, before we bid farewell to Sean, check out his work at the Free Press. Some of it will be behind the paywall. Some of it will not be. Uh, he has a great column about MSU may have signed its next, the next Fab Five for the state of Michigan. And I would just like to say, time out. I think our guys will do better than the originals, but that's the way it goes. Uh, and this yeah, segment is yeah, brought to you by Matt Jennings, Soft History. Um, Matt uh, will soften up your history like... Nobody's business. But first, we are going to do our cover month. We're going to continue with cover month. I've been getting some great suggestions from listeners about new wave hits. And this is one of my favorites. Susie and the Banshee doing The Passenger.
So that's Susie and the Banshee doing The Passenger, originally recorded by Iggy Pop. And you'll never guess who is on piano doing backing vocals. On that version? In the original. Oh, in the original? Well, I know, I think. I think I know. Who was it? David Can you Bowie. Give us a hint? David Bowie, wasn't it? Okay, so you guessed. Okay. No, it's not a guess. <laughs> but do you know who was on guitar? Uh, that I don't. Carlos Alomar. So a, really? a guitar hero who you wouldn't think would be hanging out with Iggy Pop. But, but Iggy says that he wrote that while on tour with David Bowie yeah. because he was cruising around with Bowie and he didn't have a license. Yep. So. Yep. And they both uh, did write different songs for each other, too. But I, that's always been my favorite uh, Iggy song. Even aside from the Stooges, it's just, I like it better than Lust for Life. That's just, it's just always a cool song. And I, that cover is phenomenal. It's been covered a lot of times too. Um, she, it's almost like we she doesn't do, we were going to do the, uh, the Belgian group absinthe minded cover, but we thought <laughs> Susie was, was <laughs> much cool. better. That is one of the best band names I've ever heard of. Yes, if you're a big fan of Wormwood, that's the way you want to go. Um, but, but yeah, no, it's, the, the, the difference between the Susie version and the, the Iggy uh, original is something you wouldn't necessarily expect from a new wave band, which is brass adding horns. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of uh, the orchestration. That There are some bands that have horns, mostly played out of some sort of keyboard, but, uh, but that, was, that was Susie's take on... Uh, on passenger, oh. and I have a personal story with passenger. I'm glad Sean had to do. go, so so he, <laughs> so he 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 can't jump on me for this. Well, Darren but, can, uh, or I can, or Matt can. Oh, yeah. damn it! That's there's always right, there's make, always somebody there. Make right? it about there's you. There's always three against one. Make it about you. Let's hear it. Okay, so I'll make it about Ben Bradley real quick. Uh, okay. I was at a investigative reporters conference, and Ben Bradley. The um, the famous editor of the Washington Post when they published the the, yeah. the uh, Watergate stories was uh, was the keynote speaker at lunch and there was you know some long haired type with crooked glasses the kind of conspiracy theorist you see at all these things who goes up and gets to ask his question and uh, and Ben Bradley had this famously raspy voice and he goes up and he says uh, Mr Bradley um, and he pulls this notebook out and he goes. Uh, what it, and this was before Deep Throat's identity was revealed. He says, looking back at the reporting, I have some questions. And Bradley goes, there's always a guy with a notebook. <laughs> but anyway, so that's my Ben Bradley story. But Chris Sherbin and I were a passenger. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting to the passenger. Oh I just God. had to throw Ben Bradley between me and the criticism that it's always about me. I mean, it's just my name on the damn show, but let's put that aside for a minute. And, <laughs> and of course, on these find masks that are we all know but um (laughs) um so anyway chris sherbin and i go to washington dc because we're doing a story on this this very conservative fundraising group that has basically been shaking down senior citizens and veterans for millions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. in campaign contributions that really never go to the candidates or never really get used in elections. Mm -hmm. What they do is they target these people and they bill so much for their services that if they raise a million dollars, you might get like $20,000 if you're the candidate. So we wanted to illustrate that we were going to Washington and we were outside Congress and there's a lot of restrictions on how much video you can shoot uh, within the Capitol area. And so we we wanted to show a little transition shot of me arriving in in D.C. And so there's a tour bus and all this other stuff. Well, 
we see a garbage truck pull up and I said, I'm going to jump on the back of the garbage truck and roll up to Congress on the back of a garbage truck, Beautiful. you know, because there's so much garbage here. And uh, I kind of missed it when the truck came around. So we stopped the garbage truck uh, workers and said, hey, would you mind if we did this little bit? And they said, no problem. So I think we may have done it like two or three times. <laughs> and it was really cool. And uh, Chris Sherbin, who a lot like John Brzezowski, who was yeah. my last partner at Fox 2, has amazing taste in music. When he showed me the final edit of the package, he that played the Passenger by Iggy Pop as we arrive at Congress on the back oh, of, very of a cool. garbage truck. So, uh, <laughs> so great like tune that. with a, a little personal uh, remembrance for me. So That's fantastic. I guess that was worth it. I don't know. It so, was worth it. I think it's get, pretty clever. Matt, stop kissing up to You him. got Ben Bradley in the middle. But um, so anyways. Uh, Darren, was that, was that story worth it? Sorry? Darren, was that story worth it? Oh, yeah, it was definitely worth it. You know, why not? Where's Sean when I need him? <laughs> Sean is... Uh... Somebody's got to take up for our work. I mean, come on. All right. There all you right. go. There well, you go. I have to because I want to keep my job. <laughs> yeah, actually, we need to talk about that for the show. And I want to come back. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're always welcome back, there. Don't worry about that. There, Matt, yeah, there might know. be a segment available for you. <laughs> just, uh, just one hint, uh, pro tip here: avoid jokes about couches. But uh, <laughs> they may or may not crotches. have had uh, grunge rockers uh, fornicating on them. But anyway, um, uh, room seven six nine. It's where we take new wave music and bring it to you in a different way. Hopefully, we're highlighting music by bands you know that you never heard before the music that is not the bands, or we're introducing you to new wave bands that you might have missed. Been getting a lot of great nominations, so we're going to have more of those. But for the rest of the month, we're going to be, which I think is maybe one more week, uh, we're going to be playing cover tunes done by new wave bands. It's also been suggested to me that we do cover tunes of new wave music by other artists, which sounds really cool. So send your nominations to us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. If you have feedback, they don't have to be compliments. As you can see, we share the criticism pretty liberally, especially Sean, because he's really liberal, right? <laughs> so uh, send that to ML, uh, ML Soul Detroit at gmail.com. You can also call and leave a message for us at 313-288-9070. That's 313-Butterfield89070. One of these days, we will play those voicemails. So leave some for us so we can cherry pick from the best stuff. Um, we talked to you about your feedback. We also appreciate it if you would subscribe to the show. That way, when Zuckerberg won't let us post our website on Facebook, you get the latest episode like that, like that, and you can share it so people can, uh, can partake of our goodness or sometimes our mediocreness. Uh, we also appreciate if you rate the show, we're up to over 500 ratings. So, uh, if we can get up to 900 ratings, we might be able to catch that alpha male, Charlie LaDuff. So uh, please, you know, let's hear it. Mm. And um, let us know how you think we're doing. Tell your friends, tell everybody. If you would like to support the show, you can donate. Mark, how do people give us their money? Uh, MLSolaDetroit.com. Little donate button right on the top. Take you to PayPal. Okay. So we have no donors this week, but we had some nice donors last week. We appreciate anything you can do for us. You can also uh, hire us if you want to take uh, advantage of our service, Camisole. That's where you send us a message and at least 20 bucks, and we read it on the air. Pretty much anything we hear, we'll read. But if it's really crazy, we might, we might pass or we may say, uh, you're going to have to make it like 20,000 bucks because it'll be our last show. Um, if you want something for your money, 
you can buy our merchandise at drewandmikestore.com. We have our own store within the store. Now, not only can you get our discounted hockey jerseys, you can get our T-shirts. You can get our uh, signed copies of the Kwame Sutra. You can now get the masks and gaiters that I so shamelessly pimped at the beginning of the show. Just a word on the gaiters. There's a study that came out that said gaiters may not protect you very much. So I don't want you to take... uh, I don't want you to take those things as uh, as the be all end all. The masks are triple is, ply, is, is which your, is exactly what they say. You is that do. your liability waiver there? No, because this was not a peer reviewed study. It just <laughs> okay. made sense. All right. Um, now I wear a gator when I play softball. I double it up, which I think does make it more protective. But they're a fashion statement, and they'll keep your neck warm when it gets cold, too. So check those out. We have some deals on those as well. Uh, that's drewandmikestore dot com. That's, that's all. And, uh, yeah. Oh, no, no. No, no in there's fact, more. Uh, I, oh, my God. I, I don't know if it's on the website yet, but it should be any day now. We now have some pretty cool Room 7609 oh, specific yeah. swag on our website. Very cheap. Very cool. Wait. You're going to want to check that out. And um, yeah, I think that's it. We were going to end <clears> with a little bit of Sean, but a little bit of Sean goes a long way um, from here to Atlanta, you might say. Maybe even to... <laughs> Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, yeah, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, um, to Tacoma. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think. What's the rest Philadelphia, of that song? Atlanta, L.A., uh, L.A. There you go. Yeah, beautiful. That's teamwork. For I knew. Folks. I knew where you're going. And I want to thank our special guest this week, Darren Nichols, the contributing yeah. columnist to the Detroit Free Press. We hope to have Darren back on for his insightful commentary and his encyclopedic knowledge of things that have been happening in Detroit and in City Hall. I know how much he knows. Because on more than one occasion, he showed me he knew a lot more than me. So uh, so I didn't appreciate that, but I appreciate it now that we're on the same team. And since ML didn't, I, since ML didn't plug it, Darren, um, social media, where can we follow you? Social media at DNIC12, um, and that's on Twitter. Um, and same thing on uh, IG, at DNIC12. IG. And, oh, Instagram. Okay. And we'll have those links in our show notes, which you can find at mlsoulofdetroit.com, along with links to some of Darren's work, Sean's work, my work, and of course to the Detroit Free Press, where we hope you will subscribe and get even more Gabe Leland follies than you've yeah. been able to get on this show. And of course, uh, when you've got time on your hands and who doesn't these days, please support our other Red Shovel Network shows. Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour. Get that alpha news right there, baby. Uh, I can only hang my head and wonder. Uh, no Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob. The Drew and Mike podcast. And please, when you patronize our sponsors, we don't take money from just anybody. If they're doing business with us, we think you can trust them. Make sure you let them know that you found out about them from ML's Soul of Detroit. And Cyrus, it's time for you to get us the hell out of here. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Take heart, America. At last, help is on the way. A man strong enough to crush the forces of evil. A man tender enough to capture the heart of a woman. Look at it this way. You're one step ahead of Lois Lane. She never found out who Clark Kent really was. A man who can face an army of bullets and live to tell about it. He is ML Elric. And he'll be here this Tuesday. Be patient, America. Tuesday afternoon, you're on Red Shovel Network.